Hello and welcome to Jury 3 Decacast, Comrade Rex's perspective through the lens of Decade, where I am Shin Garrett. I'm Evan. And I'm Chris. Behold, Kugo miscellaneous stuff. Miscellaneous weird little bitlets that... What are we going to talk about in this one? Uh, so... Kuga, specifically. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I I figured we could also just do, like, final thought stuff that we didn't do last time and things like that. Right, right. We did do a lot of that, but yeah. Um, yeah, anything else that we had to go over. Right. So which uh, which one of these extras do we want to dive into first? I will also note first, I, I've made the executive decision to not go into Wizard episode 53, which has a Kuga appearance. We're just, we're not going to do that <laughs> right now. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I want to see it. Just I, another I, I did reason it. to watch Wizard, I guess. I didn't want to be like, guys, we now need to watch like the entire season of Wizard so we can get the yeah. context for this episode. Journey through the Decacast, episode <laughs> fifty-four, Kuga fifty, Wizard one. <laughs> when in, in one hundred episodes we get to Common Rider Decade, episode two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're we're just I I've made a decision. We're not gonna worry about that episode of Wizard right now. We'll watch Wizard later. Yeah, um, I, I still really want to watch Kamen Rider Wizard, Garrett. Kinda. It seems awesome. There's nothing stopping you from watching Wizard, because, like, Wizard happens a while after decades, so... I know, I know. That's it's not going to come up otherwise, so I could just watch it. Well, it would. It would just be after everything else. You know, the, the, the uh, our decade part two, the second decade worth of the co- podcast, when we go through the entirety of the second half of Heisei. Well, yeah, I guess we're we're, al- we're already pre-recording some of that stuff when we do the Zio episodes. Exactly. That's true. So anyway, so what we did watch was we watched episode 46.5. Right? That was 46, right? Yeah. It's 46.5, yeah. And it's a, it is a New Year's episode recap, recap that I guess maybe ran as a special one week over like the christmas time and new year's eve time it, it aired on january 2nd so like it aired with the new oh, year literally the day after yes yeah i i think the idea is is that uh, uh new year's is like christmas and american television where regular programming schedules are not on during that period and uh you know they probably run special stuff like this instead of having their standard programming blocks. Yeah, so here, we'll go over it, like, real fast. Yeah. So Godai, Godai is making food, except it might be a dream, and various female characters from Kuga keep showing up dressed up in New, New Year's kimonos, talking about going for the shrine visit. Godai has little thoughts about d- everything that's happened, and there's a narrator that says things that gives context because we didn't listen to the grungy subtitles. I don't even think a lot of that stuff he says was grungy subtitle stuff. That's true. He, <laughs> The narrator speaks about things that give context to unspoken ideas. Right. Yeah, he just says what some of the grungy's motivations were, which uh, and, is nice, I guess. And then it's revealed that Godai was sleeping and this was his New Year's dream. Right. That's episode 46.5. Yes. <laughs> it's a, it's a big, It's a big hour-long recap. It is a long recap. It it definitely it kind of get, kind of just preps everybody for like the final set of episodes. Yeah, right. it's it feels like if you, you you know it's like right before the final three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's you watch that entire thing. I guess they had a break of a week or so, and just I don't know. It fe- I. What context would you wa- give someone this episode and say, here, watch this? I mean, were... if it was running on television and, like, you'd started off the show, but you fell off at some point and just hadn't been watching it weekly for a while, this gets yeah. you ready to watch the finale. That's true. You know, and at least this is, like, a point five episode, unlike the other recap episodes that were just legit episodes <laughs> that we watched. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So we didn't have to actually put this in our proper rotation. But yeah, uh, I mean, this one did uh, have uh, remind me about how su- how fun some of the earlier Gurungi battles were. Yeah, it it did have the very nice 
we were kind of decent. We kind of missed it because of how long we would usually have between our four episode blocks that we would watch. But Kuga starts in a fairly lighthearted place. I mean, I, I think we definitely mentioned that, that it gets yeah. pretty dark over the course it, of the show. It's, I mean, it opens with, oh, here's this entire, you know, college class getting massacred and killed. And that's pretty dark, but it's it seems more Saturday morning cartoony. I, I, right. I, are you getting this confused with the other ones? This one starts with, with him fighting Grasshopper guy. Right. Yeah, well, no, that's I was the talking about. Track. I'm talking about more like Kuga in general. Oh, gotcha. I thought you were talking about the recap. I'm like, wait a second. We still you know, the like... recap. The recap starts with him fighting uh, Baduba, which is the cricket that common rider Garagi. Yeah, yeah. His the first uh, match that they introduced for him. Right. Also, man, like they show clips from. I forget which one it is. I just call it the the angry Godai arc where he's just wailing on that one Grungi and yeah. it's still just as effective in this recap episode as it yeah, was originally. It, it, is, it, it is still disturbing and off-putting. They clip back to also to that one uh, autopsy room where the floor is like covered in water again and I'm still like, what the heck was going on there? Yeah. I don't know if that's an actual thing or not. Yeah. I forgot that the one where he was super mad about was one of the silliest looking Grungi. Uh, the, yeah. the one with the, the like, asparagus, um... He looks like, uh... The, the, the broccoli head, the broccoli head mohawk person. Yeah. Yeah. God, what's the name of the... He looks like Jean... Jean-Pierre? John? I have no idea what their name was. Jojo character from part three. Oh, Polnareff. Polnareff. God fucking Christ. Yeah, he's got Polnareff's hair, except it's just spikes. That's true, actually. Um, I also want to point out this entire time I I still haven't had curry. When like every time curry comes up, I'm like, man, I should have curry. Still haven't done it. You should make yourself curry. It's really good. Like like I had the chance. I like we were at Asa and we I, we had the chance to get curry and we didn't. Right. Krista ordered it and yeah, you were like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> That's true. M- maybe for G Fest. I am not a fan of curry, so you know. Every time in anime they talk about how awesome it is, I'm just like, y'all crazy. But, you know. Maybe you'd like Godai's special Ozoni curry. That every, Possibly. That these people who I think were some sort of reference or joke that is flying over our head. Yeah, because uh, the subtitles don't clue us in onto what the heck Zoni means either. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, the end of 46.5 oh, is the last thanks, little bit. Is... Thanks, Kamen Rider Wiki. It's the human disguises of five of the Grungi. Oh, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, it's it. the end of this little episode is Godai, after the last uh, of the female secondary characters, d- poofs into nothingness. Um, he turns around and there uh, the apparently five human disguises of the Grongi are all sitting around at the bar like, hey, hey, we want some Zoni curry. You should make Zoni curry. And they just get increasingly more agitated until... It fades out, and you see that Godai is asleep at the bar. Yeah, they pulled a Mario two on us. That was an hour. That was an hour of my life I'd like back. <laughs> you watched the whole thing straight through. I, I mean, yeah, in double I, time, but yeah. I watched the whole thing straight through. They also reveal that uh, what the the bat the bat guy apparently he was worried about like he knew that if he couldn't win the game that he would be. Uh, murdered, and he was the only one who had any self-preservation instinct. So he yeah. absorbed part of uh, Number Zero's belt into himself. Yeah, it's, it's which is what he was doing claw. when he, yeah, when he shoved that weird claw thing into his crotch. That's apparently what he was doing. Okay, he was trying to absorb part of Number Zero's Amadon thing. Yeah, and it worked he, pretty well. I guess he successfully did. Right, but he still was not good enough to compete with actual Number Zero. No, right. Because then he's still lo- he was still low tier two star trash. <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of interesting. The we just kind of had to guess at most of that when we were yep. actually watching those episodes. Yeah, the, yeah. The weird thing is just like po- this point five episode just kind of like drops some like actual truth bombs that just aren't in the show. Really? Yeah, yeah. You're kind of right. It's interesting. It's like it, I'm not sure it's entirely worth watching through for them. It definitely highlights that one scene again where uh, 
where Ichijo confronts the uh, Rose Lady across the Sparks, and it's incredibly dramatic, and you assume something interesting is going to happen, and like, oh yeah, they they didn't reveal anything or or have any special developments happen. It just yeah. looked cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the best way to watch this episode, if you're going to watch it and you're watching the rest of the series, is to somehow find a supercut of all the interstitial, interstitial stuff, along with the narrator bits. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of the narrator isn't even talking throughout the entire episode. It's like he'll narrate a scene, and then it just shows like a three to five minute scene of one of the old episodes. Yeah, right. And it's usually a part where there's no talking. It's just either Godai fighting as Kuga or people staring at each other. Right. Which, ironically, is not like the best part of Kuga. <laughs> no. <gasps> yeah, I, I mean, I thought the the bits with uh, him having, you know, New Year's breakfast or lunch with people was kind of cute. Yeah, but, uh... the, the, little, the little inner bits with the actual new scenes that are there even if they're like like five to ten minutes total it's good it's cute stuff i like it. yeah so one time they show uh godai informal wear too which is kind of yeah yeah in the beginning he had uh he had like a long sleeve black shirt on with a gold kuga mark which is a really subtle good reference to um that form which i completely yeah. blinked on the name of uh i think it's rising ultimate mighty ultimate one of the two. I don't know. Yeah, they never really... I don't know if we ever had a name for the one that is just Mighty Form but Black. Don't know. I do like, however, when he's wearing that shirt, he is also wearing the apron that has the Kuga emblem on it. He's just, And I think he also has the necklace that has the Kuga emblem on it. He is branding. Yeah, he is, he is hashtag brand. <laughs> it's called Amazing Mighting. Amazing. Okay. And then and then the spiky one is just called Ultimate Form. Hey, I was right. Cool. There's there's very subtle differences. Yeah, so that's the Oh yeah, now that I look at this again, one of the guys at the end is clearly Rhino Guy, but he's in normal clothes, so he was very difficult to recognize. And no. I'm pretty sure the lady is is the Rose Woman. I think. All right. So should we talk about the the fun one? Um, fifty. I mean, do you want to save the fun one for last, or do you want yeah, the the super secret video is even even more slight than episode forty six point five? Yeah, actually, let's talk about the super secret video really quick. It's really just an advertisement for the show. It all it also names a lot of things. Oh yeah, it, I guess it, they do. Yeah, name stuff that wasn't named in the show. Yeah, it's big thing is it is it name drops like finishers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um and oh, it also shows like there's a bunch of still shots of uh of amazing amazing lighting and I think we see it more there than we do in the entire show. Right. It's only in like two scenes in the show. Yeah, it's only in episodes 46 and 47. It is very much a Look at how cool this guy is. You could actually probably, if you wanted, if you, listener, if you have a friend that you have been talking to Common Rider Kuga about, and they're giving you a blank look of like, what the f- what? You can show them a super secret video. It's a nice little 10 minute, you know, nice little bit. It is a real good thing that explains all the fight stuff of Kuga. Yeah. It's like, here's the fun fighty fight. Here's the fun punch stuff. But- and there I are some also cool electric like, guitars in the background. The whole time. If I was recommending Kuga to someone, though, I would I, I wouldn't necessarily use that because like the the stuff it, I yeah, think it, is that really good is is Kuga is like all of like the interpersonal talking stuff and how like the the secondary cast and the, even the tertiary cast grow throughout the series. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, the the all the fighting form change stuff just works better in context, really. Yes. I mean, as as fun as it is to, I mean, Tokusatsu stuff is, you know, it's fun. It's got an an inherent appeal to it, but it is essentially like cheap special effects performances. Like, it's yeah. not you've seen better action scenes than these. Some are really good. 
I mean, yeah, I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying, like, in the modern day, you've probably seen something that looked more spectacular or was better choreographed, and, you know, it's still fun. There's still value in it, but, you know, it just works better in context. That's fair. Yes, I, I agree, though, that it's a good way to show the fighty bits. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, I forgot to point out in, in the point five episode, there is extended bike trip sec- bike trick segments. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they sh- we get bike trick segments in both of these advertisement episodes. It's very much a, hey, isn't this cool? Aren't bike tricks awesome? Aren't, isn't motocross neat? Oh, we briefly see, uh, I think in the super secret video, we see the guy who could only go anywhere by driving backwards in a vehicle, too. Oh, like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, that guy was amazing. He was amazing. <laughs> Blue Moon that was playing during that? That episode was so weird. Oh, it was great. It was pretty amazing, yeah. Oh, man. Weirdo. That... I-, I miss old funny dressing grungy. Yeah, yeah. It it did kind of remind me, like, man, I I miss when the Gronky were super bizarre. Wait, who is he fighting at the end of this? This is an entirely new Gronky at the end of this. Yeah, uh, yeah, it I, is. I the, missed that. Yeah, the one he fights on, like the movie set, is yeah. a, a new Gronky. And has like a spear and yeah. weird nipples on his outfit. So. This was the one chance to make Blue Form cool and have a cool Blue Form fight, and they just didn't do it. Yeah, it's like the guy is using a staff. Come on, Kuga, use your own staff. Nope, just going to use Mighty Form. Like, a staff fight would have been really cool. Uh, wait a minute. Also, does this happen at the end of the show? Because uh, he briefly has the lit up red eyes, which only appear at the very end of the show. I think this happened, like, he's talking about the fact that I think there might be a fine. I think there might be a fifth. I think there might be a fifth form that I'll be able to get to. Okay, because he's it's got right near the... the end. Um, because he's he's technically a go, the Grungy, and I think he's unidentified life form forty. Oh yeah, he does use weapons, and only the go use weapons. So. Yes, except that one person who like wasn't a go yet, but they were getting close. Yeah, Sword Lady. She she was actually like cooler than a lot of the go actually. Quite a bit, yeah. Yeah. And I forgot how ridiculous that spider monster looked. <laughs> oh, yeah, that spider monster from the first episode. Yeah. That was yeah, those, really bizarre. Those spider effects were not... Th- they were not, not good. great. It was a strange choice to lead off the show. It was. Oh, and also, I think in this one we briefly see uh, Dunce Cap Squidhead guy... And I forgot about how he was the best character in anything ever, and I love him. Yeah. He just came creeping out of the water like, hey. Yeah. Remember and how then, great that character was? He was I, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then remember that weird thing where Godai got purple for him on his birthday? I don't even remember yeah. Godai having a birthday. I think they brought it up, but they definitely brought it up in the secret video. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that was a thing. Yeah, they're like, oh, I guess maybe it was his birthday at some huh. point. He learned to walk into attacks on his birthday. That's a pretty good present, I guess. Invincibility is a, a good birthday present, I guess. Yeah, that's or fair. at least it increased resistance. <laughs> uh, I, I think I earlier said it was bashing DR, so yeah, bashing DR. That, that checks out. We also have the little, like, we have a 30-second promo video for Kuga that's fun. That is just... It's it's very much seems like this was shot before... Oh, yeah, shot before the first episode came out. It talks about the premiere of the show. When did this show premiere? The 31st of January? That's when the first episode of Kuga aired. Cool. At 8 a.m. Yeah, Saturday morning cartoon. Toku. Yeah, all right. Toku cartoon. Yep. <laughs> yes, cartoon. Yeah, it's fine. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. Okay. So, do- episode 50, Tiredness. <laughs> episode 50 is real good. It is... It is... 
It is Ichijo and Godai. Episode 50, good job. Yeah, episode 50, good job. And it's just... It, it is all the actors having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I guess it must have been probably one of their last days of shooting or something. Because they just uh, play yeah. around on the set for a while. They start making jokes about the things that would always happen in Kuga. They start uh, making fun of the different camera tricks that were used a lot. <laughs> it's it, like it, it opens up. So the intro is just all these different cuts of weird little bits uh, of all the different main characters talking. And, oh, hey, there's Rhino Guy. And wait, that's a strange... Who is this person that has the Kuga grieve on their leg? Because that's not Kuga. Hmm. And then they and they show a script for episode 50 to yeah. Yeah. in the intro. Ichijo's like, I'm late. And the reason I'm late is because I got the, I got the script for this episode. However, the yeah, script it's... is blank. Yeah, it opens up as apparently Ichijo got this message, got this package at his show, at his work, and it's like, oh, hey, it's Kuga episode fifty, and yeah, the script is blank. And they like they point out the they point out like the credits that appear on the screen breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, right. and they're like, hey, wait a minute, the credits are appearing, but the director's name didn't show. That's weird. That always happens. <laughs> Giving this weird like, oh. Apparently the characters are aware they're they've been in a show the entire time. <laughs> that's just the plot of the that's just the plot of the Geo movie like 19 years before. I mean, kind of the Geo movie, I really wanted them to go full meta on it. They oh, didn't really commit to they that. They didn't. No. We get we get a nice camera joke where we're in the show normally, we'd get the scenes where We'd have the tense music playing, the ding, 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 and it'd be a slow pan around two characters <laughs> that are having a serious discussion. <laughs> but it starts happening as Godai and Ichijo go back to back, and then it keeps going, and it keeps going, and the music cuts out. Nichijo, or Godai says, "Mr. Ichijo," and the uh, and the camera is looking up at them as it spins around them, so you can't see the track like, it's on. It very much seems to me that it's just a person was holding the camera and was like crouched down to get an upward view, and it's just going around in circles. I think there would have been more shake if that's what they were doing, honestly. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe you're right. It, 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 there's a little bit of handheldness to it, so yeah, yeah, you're probably right. But it it it's slowly zooming in more and more, so it's just their faces are taking up the entirety <laughs> of the screen. Nichijou's like, this is overdoing it. And then the camera zooms out to an establishing shot. It's really good, though. After Godai makes the comment that the director is being naughty, then yes. It shoots out super far away, and Nichijou and Godai are about an inch high. This is so ridiculous. So they come running at the camera, and Nichijou falls, and you can hear them both giggle. (laughs) It makes it makes me feel that this entire thing was improv. Like they were brought on the set and was like, "Okay, so we want to record this little bit for fun, but you know, just give some ideas and go for it." Yeah, and then so the next bit is they make fun of the whole slow motion thing with Minori, <laughs> which is good. It's like I can hear this deep rumbling and the boom and this music's playing. What what is that? Oh, that means slow motion's going on somewhere. So we turn around and Minori is running towards us, waving in slow motion. And then it goes even further slow motion. Yeah, it's Ichijo and Godai start going, wait, is that is that like four times slow motion? No, it's ten. Wait, now it's twenty. This seems excessive. Minori's sure taking her time, wow. Twenty times slow motion. We should probably go do something <laughs> in the meantime. <sighs> so they walk off and you can still see Minori in the background. Instead of it being uh, camera work to make her go slow-mo, she's just slowly waving her yeah, arm. Yeah, no, she's just slowly walking because they have to move at normal speed in the foreground. Then Tsubaki shows up! And he is lit entirely differently. So we get this nice kind of natural sunlighting on Ichijo and Godai. And Tsubaki is... 
what camera is what is that? Is that it's not Bloom? Oh, did didn't they say what it was too? Uh, looks like a high contrast. Filter yeah, I think they did. A, yeah, it was a contrast thing. Yeah, and Subaki's response. Uh, Godai and Ichijo ask about it, and Subaki's response is, "This is how a real man should look." Yeah, you're the only one that has too much contrast. Yeah, so they do actually specifically say it. Yeah, it's man. This episode is so weird. <laughs> it ah oh, man, I love it though. It is pretty good. Yeah. I wish the uh, person subtitling it would have done more of the titles, because there's a bunch of stuff on screen that we can't read. Yeah. Yeah, that Godai and Ichijo will actually like point out and talk about, but we they're not translated, so we don't know. Basically, Tsubaki's talking some bullshit about, I'm not entirely sure what, but he like upsets himself and runs away crying. It's very weird. And then I think he explodes, or something else explodes. Oh wait, no, it's apparently Rhino Man taking steps. Yeah, and then then Rhino Gurney shows up. Twenty two shows up. So uh, I guess Godai is gonna have to fight him, right? Yeah, that that would make sense, right? Yep. Except no. <laughs> Sakurako <laughs> shows up. It's like everybody get back. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> I really like how for the crackling the crackling sound when she gets the little uh the common writer uh grieve thing. Oh my god, it's I just love somebody the sound saying bitty bitty bitty. It's so good. <laughs> it's very funny. It also because Sakurako gets the common writer grieve on her leg, does a run up, and kicks the rhino guy. Though apparently and the actress didn't want to actually do it like a jumping flip or something because they the camera cuts there. I mean, maybe yeah. she did not know how to jumping flip. That sounds hard and, to do. Um, and I, I do like that they made this like a low, a low budget version because yes, even then it's still the person going bitty 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 bitty. Yeah, there's a bitty 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 bitty. He does like the explosion sound effects too. It's great. I love it. And instead of there, like, being a computer-generated, like, light of the glowing and, you know, computer-generated explosion and sparks, there's just someone in front of him with, like, a flashlight with a red light in it, <laughs> shining it on his chest and wiggling it around. And then, and then we hear the bong, and there's, as there's a small miniature explosion that it's cut to look like it's a big explosion. I really like it. Oh, he's using, he's using Dokong. Not bomb. That's my bad. But then... It was also all a dream. Yeah, Godai and Ichijo <laughs> apparently wake up and we're both having a communal dream and we're just kind of snuggling together. Yeah. Well, the, the guys worked hard. They do like those 16-hour days. Yeah. Let them alone and they worked for 27 hours straight. I have heard so that shooting a weekly show is apparently pretty taxing. Oh, so. yeah. I can imagine it's hell. I have no doubt. This ends out with them going like, hey, I guess we're finally done. And they just kind of snuggle up and are leaning up against each other. It's like, man, it's it's been a lot. I guess we're really, really over. But then it's number zero is in the back. He's like, no, wait. This man still remains and holds up a picture of somebody. I assume it's Ishinomori. Do you know, Garrett? Maybe. I do not, actually. Okay. Yeah, I don't actually know what he looks like, but... Number Zero holds a picture of this guy. He's like, something's still coming. So Godai and Ichijo are like, oh, that means there's a movie coming. There was no movie. Yeah, there's no movie. Which is... I... Oh, no. He holds, up a f he holds up a poster of one of the producers. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. The one of the producer... And the producer is holding up Kamen Rider Kuga action figures, so... Yeah. Man, I kind of want to get a little Kuga action figure. And I forgot to get batteries, so I can't show off my terrible, terrible, stupid idea purchase that's fantastic and wonderful, and I love it. Did you buy more Zia watches? No, I bought the Kamen Rider Kuga CSM belt. Oh, okay. The one that comes with Ichijo's cell phone. Yes, and is, looks gorgeous and is literally just a piece of a costume. <laughs> I really love the cell phone bit. That's maybe my favorite part. Does it That's make it. that whoosh, 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 whoosh noise? It when... makes 
all the noises. Oh, okay. It doesn't it also have some BGM tracks in there too? Yeah, no, it it has background music for when you're doing the transformation sequences. It's it is the most ostentatious ridiculous toy I've owned. You know, <laughs> other than like a computer, which is normal but kind of still ridiculous. This is like I just, I just have it set up to sit and look pretty. It looks real pretty too. And maybe sometimes I put on the belt and act like a cool guy. <laughs> you kind of have to. That's true. It's fun. Same reason I like play with no Rizio watches. Put them in the belt. Rizio watches are also fun too. I love Can't. how okay in the in like episode two of Gaim. There's the bit where the guy actually puts on the belt and jams out to the background music that it plays. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite clips from a Common Rider show I've yeah, seen. Yeah, that would, that would definitely be me. It's really good. That's true. It's like the one episode where he just like is transforming for like any situation that comes up in his life at that time. Right. Yeah. We're not going to cover it for De- Decacast, but yeah, that is a really episode two of Gaim is a really good episode. I know apparently people love it because it gets like super weird later on, but episode two is really funny. Yeah. Agreed. <sighs> Alright, so I mean I guess we're done with Kuga. Yep. Uh kinda. Uh did we So what uh how'd you guys feel about the show overall? I I'm glad that this was my technically first complete series for Kuga. Uh, for Common Rider because mm. I mean I've you know I watched a bit of Build I got liked episode 2022 you really just, should finish Build I really should finish Build because um, it's good but I fell off I don't know why and then I watched a little bit of X-Aid but I do not think X-Aid was good for a first try as a show I could see that, that. Is, the first couple of episodes of X-Aid are super, feel super childish <laughs> yeah, that's a thing that like phase that like Heisei Phase Two kind of kind of does. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I will say that. Yeah, a lot of the Heisei Phase Two shows seem very much directed at kids in a way that I kind of like. Honestly, I I kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it it does introduce a very interesting of like, oh, here's the first half of the show that's bright, shiny for kids. Buy the toy, buy the toy, buy the toy. Oh, hey, military-industrial complexes are bad and war crimes are evil. Yeah, I mean, also X-Aid has the unfortunate, I guess, mild spoilers for X-Aid, is they kind of did kill off one of their main characters on the Christmas episode. Oh, Jesus. Whoops. On the Christmas episode, wow. Yeah. Merry Christmas. So just all those kids that that got that toy. Yeah. Oh, I did want to... So back on our previous actual Kuga episode... Yes. Is where uh, I spoke about the fact that uh, both the Rose Woman and Number Zero had had their tattoos on their forehead. Yes. And I was wigging out and saying that that had implied things. Well, in our episode, our guest editor had brought on and brought up the fact that we had probably forgotten about all the different, the fact that all of them had had tattoos, which, yes, I had forgotten, but that's not what I was referring to. Oh, they do all have tattoos. But those tattoos on, like, Rose Lady on Dagava are different. Yes, right. they're different because they're white and they're on their forehead. Yes. And that's more what I was referring yeah. to than the fact that they just actually have tattoos. And early on there, they are imply, like, oh, she's got a white tattoo now. This is a big deal. But Yeah, yeah. She, did, she had a black one to start with, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, it changes after she does that thing where she goes to the mansion in uh, yes. the city where that the show starts in, where number zero is. Yeah. Although I do agree that probably watching it as we did did not help with our re- uh, understanding of how the game was run. Because even if we didn't have the Gurangi subtitles, we still probably had a couple times where there were weeks between episodes of Kuga that we watched. I, I mean, it, it kind of seems like I don't think there was anything more to the game than we thought was there, honestly. No, probably not. It's, I, from what I've been watching through on the 
uh, I'm watching through Kuga again, just much slower because I've already seen it. And I'll do it when I, I'll pop something on when I'm playing video games. But I have the Garangi subtitles on this time. And yeah, it's just, it's just kind of basic villain. Oh, no, I'll, te- I'll, de- I'll defeat you, Kuga. I'm strong. Oh, no, Kuga. And so it's, <laughs> I'm hoping that some of the, like, the mid-season discussions have more info, but I'm not holding out hope. And probably I'll just drop it once we get into Kiva. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I think, like, the Grungi is, like, one of the weak points of, of Kuga. Yeah, yeah, they seem so promising when they're initially introduced, and, uh, yeah, they kind of don't do a... There's a lot left on the table there with the Grungi. They could have been much more interesting than they ultimately end up being. I kind of want a sideshow that is... uh, takes place back in the past, and is the Garangi finding the original crystals and fighting with the Linto. Yeah, yeah, because the... I mean, they imply that the Grungi are just humans who found Amidon. Yes. Yeah. literally found crystals in a cave and said, you know, I bet I could eat that. <laughs> and then it made him strong. So it's... I would, uh, I want the, I want I would not have minded, show. like, a prequel show about, uh... It's like know, a little mini-series. Prehistory. Three to four episodes. Prehistory Kuga. You'd have to be pretty short, because, like... Because, cool. like, the gist of what they did was, like, they they turned into monsters and killed people for their game. And then yep. Kuga killed enough of them that they decided to hibernate or something? Yeah, it's... the original Kuga defeated the leader of the Grungi and sealed them all away, and then that was the awakening in the beginning of Kuga that brought them all back. Right. Because, as usual, humans stuck their noses in where they probably shouldn't have. And, like, maybe Dagova was waking up inside the first Kuga at the time? Oh, you know what I just realized? What? We never got any sort of resolution with the original Kuga thing about the fact of, oh yeah, he's actually still alive. Correct. And this this body's just oh, lying yeah. here alive. Yeah, they never brought that up again. You know, they also never brought up the fact that Godai see, uh, he like gets psychic messages from the first Kuga before he ever puts the belt on. Yeah, it's uh, like how did go? It wasn't like. He was just getting visions, right? It wasn't like how it was in I... uh, Japanese Spider-Man, where it's, my brother, you must come to me, my brother. <laughs> it was more just visions. I always assumed that they were going to imply that he had like he was like a descendant of the first Kuga or something. Yeah, I mean, but, technically, yeah, it just never comes up. technically, the entirety of humanity is the descendant of the Lunto. I mean, but yeah, maybe he was like a direct descendant. Yeah, they don't bring it up. That would have been, and I don't know if that would have been like a super interesting plot point, but it was just kind of hanging there. Yeah, it's just a line that's not connected. Guest editor here with a couple of notes. For what it's worth, a lot of this probably has to do with the fact that the producer, Shigenori Takatera, who was behind Kuga and did half of Hibiki, had an unspecified incident and left in the middle of Hibiki production. In theory, especially based on the fact that he wrote some side content in a fan magazine about the Kuga mythology, including actually something that Evan wanted, which was a bit of the story of the original Kuga and the original Linto Garangi War, but there's the fact that it's it's not the worst one of these side bits of content that was ever created. I'm looking at you, Kikaider Reboot Story, but it's not amazing. Anyhow, I can't find much on what he's done since because it looks like he's sort of hopped from job to job for a while and maybe a radio producer now instead of actually doing more television stuff. He jumped to Katakawa from Toei and then left there for I have no idea what because it's hard to track with my limited knowledge of Japanese. Sorry, but hopefully that gives you a little more information on some of the weirdness that might have happened with maybe there will be a movie and the producer's photo being in it and a lot of other things. Ciao!
I don't, yeah, I, I think, like, just a lot of the Grungy, like, I don't super understand what their goal was. I think, I think that's literally just destruction for destruction's sake. The wiki says it's to bring out the ultimate darkness where humanity will be as violent as the Grungy. Right. Yeah, that, that was number zero's eventual, that, I mean, that's what number zero when he came out and we actually started getting number zero saying that's what number zero wanted was the destruction of humanity. They they reference it a few times. It's like this kind of oblique survival of the fittest ideology thing. I don't, I never got the feeling that the rest of the Garangi were kind of sitting there like, yeah, yeah, we're going to taint these humans. They're going to be just like us. Yeah. Yeah, pr- pretty much all the rest of the Gronky thought that humans were too beneath them to even, like... A- they didn't even attribute interiority to humans around them. They were just like... They're just like cattle or whatever. Yeah, it felt like they had the information of, like, Hey, so there's this game we play where we kill humans. You in? Well, see... And that's literally all the information the other Gronky had. That's why number zero killed, like, all 152 we didn't see. I thought that was because they refused to fight. Yeah, the wiki says Maybe? If they were unworthy. That's also a super bizarre plot point that a bunch of characters we don't know and were not really given any reason to care about died off screen. That's very I mean, strange. We, there was a couple episodes where it was intercut with scenes of number zero before we had actually seen them, and it was mostly just a silhouette. And it was them committing a couple mass murders. Right. That's about it. Yeah, it kind of seemed like it was going to uh, like play into this characterization of number zero. It, like, that was turned out to be super thin. Like, they never give him much personality or anything. So No, he's just insane villain that wants to fight and kill things and finds it fun. It's, he's, he's a sociopath. So, yeah. The problem I, is, is I want to call, I want to use sociopath or psychopath, but I'm not, I don't. I don't feel secure in my knowledge of the definitions to I, use. I mean, he's not, he's like an alien or whatever. I mean, well, yeah, I guess he is human. I don't know. It's a, a power corrupts sort of deal. I don't yeah, know. Definitely. We're, 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 I'm being negative about the Gronky. Uh, I, I love the designs, especially the early designs. Yeah. I think, yeah, early designs of Gronky are the best. I think early Gronky yeah. is the best because... It's not far enough in where you expect to have answers, and they're just being, like, mysterious and weird. Right. The The fact that they look like maybe they think this is what humans wearing clothes is like, but they're, like, yeah. their brains are too alien to, un- to understand it, so they just end up looking like crazy weirdos all the time. I am <laughs> very much a fan of the villains of any any type of show like this, or any type of story like being alien but trying to blend in and kind of doing it enough that you would you you, you kind of pass it off as like oh man that person is really weird but you don't think about it it's like a like starfire and teen titans or axe and animorphs usually i mean it's kind of cute but like these guys are evil though so you yeah know. they are very obviously alien and just don't get it but they're trying in a way that makes you go oh well you almost got it guy <laughs> and then we have the ones that drive backwards while singing blue moon in a distorted <laughs> tone that guy was honking so the horn he I, was the I best he was pretty great there's a lot of best grungy though there are it's a lot of the early it's like once we got into i'll just call them tears like once we got into like the third tier of Aerosmith, Businesswoman, and Imperial, weren't they? I thought they were tier four. Uh, I don't think this necessarily matters. Okay, well, whatever. Okay. Before we got to Businesswoman, Imperial, and Aerosmith, uh-huh. like they were the most normally dressed. They were just kind of like people. Right, right. And before that, the Garangi were very, very weird. And I guess Abacus of... Guy falls into that category, too, kind of. Yeah, I mean... I really like Abacus he's still Guy. Just, he still just kind of feels like I don't... He doesn't... Fe- he feels more to me like a person of, I really don't give a shit what I look like. I'm just going to wrap myself in this fucking sheet. Because it looks like he just slapped on a beanie and wrapped himself in a sheet. <laughs> 
Uh, and that is that's all. I feel all like Abacus guy is another missed opportunity. He's so mysterious. Yeah, and you assume something really interesting is going on there. He's, nope, he's just the scorekeeper for some reason. I'm I'm still a little sad he didn't just fly right out of the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it would have been pretty great if yeah. he just did a "My Planet Needs Me" and just was gone. Yeah, and he was just gone. It was loose red that never comes back. Uh, stu- uh stuff that really works though. Um, the rest Ichijo of it, and Godai are really great characters. Yes, I really love oh my Ichijo God. and Godai. I, you know, I had heard going into this of like, yeah, okay, so the relationship between Ichijo and Godai literally spawned an entire subgenre of television, like t- not a subgenre, but like a television story trope. They they want a new audience that they weren't expecting off the strength of these two actors playing this relationship. Yeah, the strength of these two handsome young men being handsome young men and being very having a very close, intimate relationship with one another really pulls in that uh, middle-aged housewife demographic. It, it's a good relationship. Like, I don't... It is! I'm not saying that to be, like, prurient or anything. I genuinely think that people enjoy that because it's, it's dramatically effective. It is. It is... It is two men who want to effectively achieve the same thing through very different pathways coming to respect and love one another. Yeah, that that's uh it's a good example of like kind of a grown-up version of that the shonen anime dynamic of like yeah. the order and the chaos character and they like yeah, red oni blue oni. Yeah, the red oni blue oni, oni characters, the the lancer, the hero, and they like you know they team up because they want the same thing, even though they have yep. like drastically different worldviews and stuff. It's just ugh. those two good boys, and they give them just enough backstory and just enough like good emotional beats that it like really yep. works. I think like pretty much the entire cast of Kugo works. Oh yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I I can't think of a character that I dislike. Yeah, I can't think of like a bad character in like the yeah. main like secondary yeah. and tertiary cast. I feel like yeah, my next couple are like I really liked uh Inokita and John. Like I was actually really surprised that John was such a likable character. Because he's just, like, yeah. the one white guy there. I figured he was going to be really weird or something, but... He yeah, is just literally a, just a cool guy. the token white dude, and I love it. Yeah, he's pretty great. Um, and Sakurako and Minori are fun. Uh, they they could have been a little stronger, I guess. You know, they could have been given a little bit more development. Th- but... They're fine, but I, th- I think they fall to the problem of they are a female character... In right. A tokusatsu yeah, show. they're they're kind. Yeah, the script kind of gives them the role of woman, which is mm, it's, not a fan it's of that. Two thousand Japanese young boys televisions still, understand I, it. Yeah, I'm gonna, it's still kind of yeah. it, no. You understand why it is how it is, but it's still. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna let them off the hook for that. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask yeah. for more. So, but also, you know. Sakurako like had the same. Uh, character arc like four times. Yeah, yeah, that is that, that happens. If if I had to complain about one character, it would probably be Sakurako, because I like her character arc, the first two times, <laughs> and then she does it like three more times, and it's like oh, okay, okay, I get it. Uh, Subaki was really interesting. Um, he was around a little less. I wonder if his actor got busy toward the end of the show because he's not in like the last ten very much or something. It's true. Uh, he's in like the last two again, last two or three. But for a while there, he kind of wasn't in the show that much. He's like a really interesting character. He- I don't know if he's supposed to be like on the spectrum or something because he like doesn't engage other people emotionally sometimes. I I don't think they meant it to be that he's on the spectrum. I think they were more just going, "Hey, it's the weird dude that works in the morgue." I mean, yeah, right. he's he's the coroner. He doesn't see people often or people that are alive. Yeah, he he's the guy that would rather hang around corpses than actual people. Right, right. So, so it it 
yes, the possibility exists that in a different piece of media, they may have explored that in some situation. But in this situation, it's just he's the weird guy that hangs around dead bodies. And so he's a little he's different than the rest of the cast. I think he's an interestingly realized character, even though I am still he a is. little mad at him for guilting that one guy who was suicidal that one time. Yeah, no, that wasn't great. And Subaki really didn't have the best intro either, but he got a lot better. Yeah, yeah, he had a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I mean, but like, I mean, an asshole character could still be good. Yeah, no. I, I agree. Um, the action was pretty great overall. I mean, I love a lot of the costume design work. It's really good. Yeah, it's... For a show in the 2000s, I am very impressed with what they were able to do fight-wise. Because it's... Tokusatsu, like, special effects work is... I don't know what I'm trying to think, what I'm trying to say on it. It's I, I, I don't know. I enjoy it. And I, I had a point, and I've lost it. I hate when that happens. I don't know where it went. <laughs> I think it's literally just, I like Tokusatsu, and I like the special effects, and I like the earnestness right. that this time period of Tokusatsu had. Because it is just starting to get into uh, real, like, computer graphic stuff. The, uh, and it's not... The show isn't as... Uh, it's not very toyetic yet. Yes. No. <laughs> it It is... It's a superhero, and yes, obviously you're meant to buy, like... You're meant to buy his weapon, and you're meant to maybe buy some uh, action figures of the characters. But it's not literally... Here is the new toy for the child to buy. Here's a team of four of these guys, and they all have 12 variants. Yeah, it is. Here's the new thing, which can be monetized, not here is the new monetization incentive. Right. Which is a slight difference, but an important one. Correct. And don't I don't want anyone to say we're stretching there, because in the .5 episodes in Zeo... They literally say that that's why they do a lot of the stuff they do. Oh, yeah. No, it's... Bandai is not shy about the fact that part of the design of these shows is to sell toy products. Yep. It's... As soon as, they, as, soon as it stops selling toys is when, com- when Kamen Rider is going to die. Yes. Not before. Which is probably why Sentai is on the verge of cancellation, according to some rumors. Which leads into the topic of, it's a very interesting box of, it's very interesting writing exercise of you're constrained by these toys, make an interesting story out of it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, like some of the toys that are coming out today and these, Chris, have you seen Zeo Grand? Oh, the one that is oh just like God. made out of watches? Yeah, the ones is just gold and made out of watches. Like, I that think is I the saw most a Twitter Austin- screenshot of it the other day, yeah. Is I, I saw it on one of the toy review YouTubers I watch. Um, that is the most ostentatious bullshit I've ever seen. <laughs> Evan, did I tell you I bought one? No, but I'm not surprised. I, I had did you, to. Did you, buy, did you buy the action figure of Zeo, or did you just buy the watch? I just have the watch. Okay. I mean, have you and heard that's... the watch go off? It makes all of the sounds. Yeah, I all can't. of them. <laughs> that big ridiculous yeah it's i don't know kuga is good it is enjoyable it's a fun romp i i recommend at least watching like the first 12 episodes i think like kuga is at its best when it's just doing like slice of life stuff yeah Mm -hmm. which is weird i don't think like kuga gets very monster of the wiki because there's always some interesting theming around it like, yeah, there's there's a monster of the week show going on, but Kuga's not focusing on that. It's like focusing on the stuff around it and the character interactions that happen. Yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I will, something that I thought was weird. I, I mentioned it when we recorded about Kuga last, but like I know um what, what was in a Toku Network when they did their thing recently where they were like, if we launch uh if we got a common writer show what's the first show you guys want us to put out? Like, what's the first one you would want us to license? And a lot of people said Kuga. And like, you know, hey, nothing wrong with that if you feel that way. But I'm really surprised that a lot of people like this show. Because it's It's... very weird. (laughs) I get the feeling this show, it was a thing of it showed. And people were like, hey, that's great. 
And then they kept thinking like we're doing. We sit here like, okay, we've been sit sitting and talking for about 30 minutes about speculation. And you could probably sit down with a group of friends and sit and speculate about Kuga for weeks. Possibly. Because sitting more at the time of the period when we don't have all the extra stuff to go on. Right. And watching old episodes, I can totally see people going back and like imagine when this first came out, they didn't have the Garangi translation. If I'm correct from what I remember Garrett telling me is the translation of the Garangi speech was an entirely fan led thing. Right. And so you can sit there and speculate over what the Garangi would say. And then that come out, that comes out. And so you're able to watch the entire show again. And it, I can see it. Did this ever get a DVD release, or was it VHS's? Uh, no, Kuga got DVD release. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know, like, I, I thought that, I, I guess I don't personally get, like, I like Kuga a bunch, but, like, is it on my list of, like, first things to bring over? No, not, not really. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm coming from, too. I feel like if, if you're trying to, like, really, like, rope in Kamen Rider fans, I'm not... Or just rope in people who aren't familiar with Kamen Rider. Rope in new fans is what I mean. Like, I'm not sure this is really where you want to start. Because, not that it's bad, just I'm not sure it plays to the genre's strengths, like, all the time. I, I get the feeling this is more a show where it's like, okay, you've brought a friend in, you've shown them some, I'm not sure what show. Uh, say, I'll I'll use Build as an example. Say so you've shown a friend and you've watched Build together, and they're like, hey, man, I, I really like this. What would you recommend? And once they have understand, like, the idea of how it goes, you can go, hey, I think you should watch Kuga next, because this is where it came from. This is where this era of Toku came from. Mm, like going back to watch the original Mobile Suit Gundam or something like that. Yeah, it, it's not a first show. It is a show you recommend after, it, you know, it's a uh, You have to kind of buy show. into the premise before you're ready for yes. this. You have to buy into the idea of Common Rider and the pre like how Common Rider runs. And then, yeah, I'd definitely recommend Kuga having... Bleh. I would definitely recommend watching Kuga. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm really happy for them that it managed to, like, relaunch the Common Rider thing since, I mean, this was their, their big attempt at, like, this is where we're, yeah. we're planting the flag on this one. We're relaunching this popular property from a decade ago. We're going forward from here. Like, I'm glad it connected with people. Yeah. I'm, no. I'm just a little, I don't know. Nowadays, I, I'm not sure I see it working the same way for an audience. Oh, yeah. No, I, I do not believe that if Common Rider Kuga came out as is today, it would be nowhere near as popular. Right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe touch up the photography, and it could still, and like. Oh no! I mean, like it. If it had never aired before, and the story was airing today, I don't think it would be as work as well. Right, right. I think it hit at a right time. Yeah, it it, it is a it's a good jumping on on point or jumping off point, like a springboard for the Heisei Cabin Riders, which is what it was. Yes. So. In hindsight, it worked well, and you know, I don't, I don't know if that was a guaranteed thing at the time, but I, I think it was a, a nice twist of fate that they succeeded that strongly. Definitely was. Oh. But yeah, uh, do you have any other thoughts, Garrett? Hmm. No, I think I said all I want to say. Like, I like Kuga, but I like Kuga for all of its like, its micro stuff instead of its macro stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I think I think like the macro stuff is the weak stuff, but like all of the bits in between are really good. It's like the opposite of when we talk about Zeo, where conceptually it's so strong, but like the moment to moment stuff is like baffling sometimes. Yes. It's like why did they choose to do that? <laughs> it's like the overarching story of Kuga and the the story beats it's all fine. It works. It's it's good for what it is. That the good parts of Kuga are the interpersonal relationships and the actual character development that literally every single protagonist type character goes through, primary, secondary, and tertiary. 
it's kind of amazing how much character development goes on in this show. Yeah. Another thing too recently, I've just been, I've been thinking about like Kuga. Kuga to me seems very J drama y, which makes me think of Fize, which I think is super J drama y, but I could be wrong with that. And I've been trying to figure out like why I have a higher affection towards Fize than I do Kuga. And I don't have an answer, but that's just a thought I had. I mean, do you, hmm. do you just like. Maybe you just connect with the characters in Fies more. It could I be. Know. I think. You tell me. <laughs> I, it could be the timing too. I think. I think like. I relate harder with 2005 than 2001. That that also probably it's it depends on when it hits in your personal timeline. It happens. Yeah. Yeah, like in uh, like in Tokusatsu Gagaga. What what do they call it? Like real time audience. Yep. Oh, yep. That's true. Yeah, so it'll be interesting oh. when we get to get to Fize at some point because, like, I think I think still like Fize is like my favorite, my favorite writer show. Um, so yeah. it'll be. Interesting I'm looking forward for to our next watch. one. Honestly, I want to see. Yeah, no, I want to see what the next thing is. I, if nothing else, this is prime. Like, this is prime me for Kiva and watching more Common Rider because it's. I want to see how it's different. I actually, I, I kind of really dig where we're going from from Kuga to Kiva cuz Kiva's right before decade. It's one Oh yeah, yeah, it's show 9, right? Yeah, so going from 1 to 9 is going to be a really interesting thing to see. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Oh man, that's going to be a lot of differences in how it's shot and ooh. Okay. Yeah, I mean just hey. the just the photography technologies Right. Worlds apart between between Kuga and Decade. Yep. Yeah. So, I'm really I'm really excited that things kind of just end up that way. Yep. It's good. So yeah. Well, um, what do you guys want to talk about more Zio next time, or do we want to just hit a Decade episode next time? Um, boy, I had a plan for this, and I still haven't wrote it down yet. But goddamn, I had a plan. So um, you should do that when we're done recording. I I should. Um, I'll probably well, forget. Let's just do but decade. That's okay. It's been forever since we've watched decade. We can we can watch the two episodes of decade. That's fine. Yeah, I I think we should just do that. All right, cool. Do you remember decade? Do you remember anything about decade? Uh, no. Uh, Honestly, yes. no. <laughs> Actually, I sit here and I think about the first episode, and I'm like, I I think I got the major beats. Right. I mean, I think I got. Joking it. aside, I remember the first episode started with the giant writer war. <laughs> And a bunch of writers, like, you know, blowing things up around each other, and a lady being like, Decade. So sleepy. So, Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, It's going to be interesting, too. I'm curious to see how you're going to react to alternate Kuga world. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. I've I've looked up a little bit of the differences, and I'm like, it's not Godai, but that's understandable because they probably couldn't get the actor or anyone that looked like it. Oh, they have another guy who's It's it's not. Well, no, I mean, yeah, it's not actually Godai Yusuke. No, it's. it's, Boy, I'm not going to say anything because I don't remember and I don't want to be wrong. Wait, like, same character, different actor? No, different character. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it is different. That's right. Because it's not technically kuga's world it's an alternate kuga. yeah the thing with the thing with decade is all the worlds he goes through are are alternate worlds they're called uh, ar worlds which means something i think i covered this augmented reality episode. worlds he pulls it, out his yeah, smartphone and looks around also, and there's like little pokemon on them or something it's also the fact that the ichijo analog is a woman now okay it's it's the kuga's connection to the police is a female detective yeah there's also like a really bad like into window like in, in the there cutie honey that movie? i can't wait to get to wait what'd you say garrett yeah, i'm sorry there's a really bad into window in one of the episodes one of the kuga episodes in decade that's a, really bad and a, i kind of love it a, re- a really bad what into window into window innuendo in innuendo one of those right. <laughs> i got there in the end your endo okay Word, words are hard guys it's true they are <laughs> English is the most bastardized language on this planet. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, we talked about Kuga for another hour. We did. See, you, you guys were like, "Ah, oh, we're gonna have nothing to talk about." Yeah, I was like, "Man, I don't know what I'm talking about." And then we just start talking. It's like, "Oh yeah, actually, we have thoughts about Kuga." Yeah, Kuga's fun. That's fine. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, actually, I don't know if I'd call Kuga Kuga fun, because like the content <laughs> the content of Kuga is not necessarily fun. It is good though. Yeah. Right. No, that's true. Kuga himself is, is a fun character. Yusuke Godai is a fun guy. But the show, not so much. Yeah, I remember hearing that uh, Decade was going to destroy like the Common Rider worlds and like being like, that seems pretty evil. But I guess if he's destroying it, like, I would be mad at him if you were going to kill Godai. But I guess if he's going to kill somebody else, then eh, maybe I don't care that much. <laughs> oh, it's not actually Godai? That's fine. <laughs> it's just this other guy? Who cares? It's not who I care about. Right, right. Yeah. I didn't just watch a whole show about them, so, you know. Yeah, no, it's not the characters that I just spent 49 episodes getting attached to. No. That's fine. <laughs> Anywho, this has been uh, Journey Through the DecaCast. We're a podcast located on the internet at journeythroughthedecacast.com, um, where on the website there are things like other episodes, links to iTunes, Twitter, um, Twitter host twitters i realized i was about to say twitters twice um twitters 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 um and yeah next time i i apparently have just been told we're doing um decades so we're gonna go ahead and do the kuga episodes of decade um all right cool. and i think at that point we are cleared up to start doing um geo in larger batches right and two episodes yep and then at some point, we're probably going to try to fit in another Gaga Ga. Right. Yeah, we'll finish Somewhere. out Gaga at some point. And, uh, I don't know. You were talking about maybe doing SSSS Gridman at some point. So maybe we can do that, too. I do really like Gridman. I, I mean, that, that's a tough one. Um, we'll figure that out. Um, though, for, for Gaga Ga, though, I really want to use that as kind of just like this is where we get other people to come in and talk about things, because I think Gagaga is really good for that. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. The fact that it's like an hour-long TV, like, J-drama makes it very an easy entry points. Yeah. Let's get the Gaga Guest episodes. Oh, Gaga Guest is really good. <laughs> um, so, it, if that sounds cool, too, you can go ahead and, uh, at, at the Riceball underscore FM Twitter, and, uh, and let me know, and we can set something up. Um, you know, or at me on my Twitter, or Slack me, or whatever. I need to post up when we... I need to put on my Twitter when we launch these episodes. More you do. consistently, honestly. I need to more consistently use the network Twitter to do when episodes come out, but... Right. Yeah. That's neither here nor that there. Is, you should, yeah. Set that up. Good idea. I know. Branding. Yeah, don't worry. Look, we got season one out of, under our belt, so we can take all of our newfound knowledge and take it into season two. Okay. Oh. Um. That's... Yeah, that's all I have. Yeah, I think that's it for tonight. That's the end of our show. Good night. Ganbate minasan. Thumbs up. Everybody, yeah. Make sure to give everybody a thumbs up. Yep. And we've just been a passing through podcast. Remember that. For the day when everyone can smile. Oh, that's even better. I like it. That's good. We can stop yeah. now. <laughs>